Starting today, the Buffalo Sabres' reason for existence would be to win a Stanley Cup. Get back to Versteen, toes it, shoots one, blocked down by Gosset. Buffalo Sabres select from the Quebec Ramparts, Mikhail Gregorico. Well done. And a loose puck, a race for it. Dagostini gets to it, backhand. He scores! Buffalo wins it in overtime. Goalie out, six attackers, Quenville. Here's an odd shot, the same rebound. They You know, if Baptiste comes up here and eventually becomes a 30-goal scorer, are we going to look back and say that this year was a stall? I, I don't, I don't see it that way. From an individual player development standpoint, from a playoff standpoint, we stalled. You know, I made a promise to him that uh, I would do the best that I could to to make the team around him better, and that we will be a long-term playoff team, a long-time playoff team. Good morning, everybody. This is the Charging Buffalo Podcast. I'm Joe, and I'm joined by Luke once again for Season 3, Episode 31 of the Charging Buffalo Podcast. Sabres lost again. They won one game since our last episode. Uh, 3-2 shootout win over the St. Louis Blues, or was it 4-3? I don't know. I don't care. 4-3. Yeah, the Sabres suck. And we were thinking, we were talking yesterday. We were sitting in the studio yesterday, not even recording. We were just, you know what, shooting the breeze. And off record. Off the record. Yeah, off the record. And we were like, man, how did we get here? How did we get here? And you heard the, the open of the podcast. I think we spent the last hour making it. And we are like, you know what? We're just going, there's not much to talk about these days like we're just we just be beating the dead horse we're going to talk about how we got here Mm -hmm. to this point in the second or third rebuild whatever you want to call it in terry pagula's tenure as sabers owner so we're just going to go year by year a retrospective a retrospective and i think the song that we played was a perfect a perfect uh representation of what we're about to go through and that that was my favorite open to make that was fantastic that I was it. that is it'll a, either make you laugh or cry that is the greatest open we've ever done mm-hmm. i'm very apologies angry. that it was very long but you know what it is what it, it was is. long it was two minutes but well it's fine yeah whatever you know yeah. i'm sure some people will hate it some people will love it bring tears of suffering to everyone's eyes yeah so we were thinking where did this start and you said it goes back to 2012. Yeah. I think it goes all the way back to 2007. 
July 1st, And we 1st, had a debate about this. We yes. had a debate about this. I disagreed because we still had a core after that, okay? We lost Rory But and they Rier. didn't have a top, top guy for the core. Thomas Vanek was that guy for a while. But a center. They a needed center. a center. Okay. Well, still, they had a top guy, okay? They had good defenses. Ryan Miller was a top five goaltender in the world. They, they, they had. I'm going to sound like uh, Pierre Dorian. They had a team. Okay, We're there a was team. A, there was a team here for four years after but they missed the playoffs. They missed the playoffs years. twice. Yes, but it's not like they were cellar dwellers. They were ten and nine seeds and out by four or two points mm-hmm. those years. And they won Six, the division. Maybe. They won the division. Yeah, and then they were the 40th anniversary. They were terrible for most of the year. Yeah, and then had a miraculous. They had to go on a, a huge run. Second half, yeah. and we almost did it again in 2011-12. I think people might forget that mm-hmm. we were we were, were on that. And run they almost again. did it again in 2013. In the lockout, almost. It was pretty close. We were only uh, four points out of the playoffs. Yeah, at one point. Well, I, and to me, it really started. The lockout is when, you know, it it that's when it began. Okay, uh, it it started. This is what I found. It started with the Derek Roy trade for Steve Ott. Once Steve Ott came in, that was really. I mean, Derek Roy was part of that core. We it started. It was the identity crisis. We began to dismantle that core. No, I think it was the identity crisis. They thought we had to get tougher, and we need to be harder to play against, as Darcy Regeer said many, many times. The beyond blue and gold for the 2013 draft. Uh, some I think Kevin Devine was to Darcy Regeer. He said, do you want to be harder to play against? And Regeer's like, absolutely, because they were debating <laughs> on picking Zadorov because Zadorov was still there at 16, and I think they really wanted to get a forward there, and they were like, you know what, Zadorov's there. we got to take him. And it was to be harder to play against. And that 2013 draft, that you remember, we I think we might have even talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, my God, they got their fin scout up there when Nashville's up. They had Ristolainen higher rated than Seth Jones. Mm-hmm. This organization, and some of them are still here. Kevin we Devine talk- yeah. is still in the organization. He is on the stage at the draft. He's still here. Why? You know what? Kevin Devine, I'm sure he's a nice guy, family man, whatever. But why does he still have a job in this organization? Even, like, we have on our whiteboard behind us, we have every Sabres draft from 2011 to 2018. It goes even further back than that. You go back to 2009, it just went South, I mean, what was it? Cassian in two thousand nine? They picked. Hold on, I'll pick. I'll when pull was it up. Myers though? Myers and Ennis was two thousand eight. Okay. I was thinking yesterday, preparing for this, that Tyler Ennis was the last late first round pick that they hit on. Mm-hmm. What was he? Twenty sixth overall. I'll pull it up. I also included on there, and I'm sure we'll touch on this later. The combined games played for each prospect chosen in those draft years. Some of them, it'll be low because it's more recent drafts. Others, I don't know if Hockey Reference includes just the time played with the Sabres or around the league. But still, um, the Sabres combined draft draftees have not played 1,000 games mm-hmm. for this team. So, All right, let's go since the 2005 draft. Because That's 2005 place. affects... That's the Zagrapan draft, Yes, right? 2005 affects the 07, 08, 09, 10 years, too. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you look, Mark Zagrapan and Philip Gogola were their top two picks, 13 and 48. 
neither of them made the NHL. And Zagrapan, five years later, we're talking 2009, 2010, should be, when you're picking 13th overall, on the team contributing five years later. Gogola never made an impact. I actually own a Philip Gogola jersey, game worn from preseason. But then you look, you got Grognani, who made a little bit of an impact. He played a little bit. Butler, like, you know what? They actually did hit on some of these late-round picks. Butler, Gerby, Grognani. Was Adam Dennis a goalie? I believe so. But, you know, Andrew Orpik. I wonder if Andrew he's really Brooks. Must yeah, be. And, and Dennis from the London Knights mm-hmm. goaltender. Okay. Yeah, that might have been one of the last drafts where they actually hit on some guys. 2006, he, another flop of a first-round pick. Dennis Pearson. Dennis Pearson. Oh, God. Drafted 24th overall. He's the guy who had the funny picture in NHL. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never made the NHL. Mm-hmm. Jonas Enroth and Mike Weber in the second round. I know what you say what you want about Mike Weber, but... For a second-round pick, he played in the league, mm-hmm. especially for a later second-round pick. That's the thing. Pick. It seems like our mid-round picks weren't that bad during this Because this, this time. is when they still had Jim Benning. Mm-hmm. They still had Jim Benning around this time. I don't know when he left for Boston, but Benning, was, Benning did have some good drafts. They flopped on first-round picks, but they could still nab some guys in the later rounds. Alex Biego was a fifth-round pick. He's, He's still, still in the league. Yeah. But... Yeah, then you go to 2007, they didn't have a first-round pick, but they did have a high second-round pick. They picked T.J. Brennan, who was a really good AHL player, played a little bit in Still Buffalo. Still is a really good... Um, yeah. yeah, played a little bit in Buffalo, but never really, again, made an impact in the NHL, and they traded him for like a fifth-round pick. He never really got a lot of time mm-hmm. up here either. I feel like he didn't get a fair chance up mm-hmm. here. And then you got Drew... Scheistel in the second round, nothing. Corey Trop. I believe he is he's in the AHL with someone right now. It might be like Ontario or Paul something. Paul Byron was a sixth round pick in Buffalo. They he was in the Robin Regeer trade, I mm-hmm. believe. And now he's a superstar in Montreal. Not a superstar, but you get what I mean. He's a real player. Two thousand eight was a decent one. You got Tyler Myers twelfth overall, Tyler Ennis twenty sixth overall, Luke Adam who had a little bit of promise at forty four. good picks. Not bad. A little while, you know. Adam was an all-star at one point. Ennis is having a good resurgence. Mm -hmm. I'm liking it. But then you look at the later picks. Corey Feenage, Justin Jokinen, (laughs) Jordan Southhorn, Jacob Legasse, and Nick Crawford. Who are these guys? No. Then you go on to 2009. 2009, this is where the downfall really began. You pick Zach Cassian in the first round. McNabb in the third round was a good pick. Marcus Foligno in the fourth round was a good pick, and then nothing after that. Mark Adams, Connor Knapp, who did play a game for the Sabres. Connor Knapp. Played two games. He actually has an assist in the league, too. <laughs> and Maxime Legault. McNabb, really good pick. Foligno, really good pick for the third and fourth round. But you can't miss on Zach Cassian, 13th overall. You can't. That's a miss. Especially that high, oh, God. And then you go to 2010. Mark Pesic, mm-hmm. 23rd. Decent, but, I mean... Jerome Gauthier-Leduc, correct? Yes, Jerome Leduc. They had three third-round picks. They missed on all three. Kevin Sunder, Matt McKenzie. Mm. I mean... I can tell you one thing. I don't remember anyone past Leduc. I don't Steven remember any Shipley, of those names. Greg Such, Ced- Me- Cedric Henley, Christian Isaacson, Riley Boychuk. I remember Riley Boychuk was traded for Henrik Talinder. I remember, I remember that. that name, Riley mm-hmm. Boychuk. But hmm, you you get one player out of that 2010 draft, and he's not even here anymore. 
He was traded in at the 2016 draft for Dmitry Kulikov. How are guys like this even found? Is what I want to know. Like Kevin Sunder. Greg He's such out of the Chilliwack Bruins in the WHL. Wow. Mark Pasek, 351 games played in the NHL though. With the Sabres, right? With, just in the league, 351 games. That's all? Yeah. No. Zach Cassian's played that more than that, 457. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Marcus Foligno's inching up on 500 games. He's played 498. Oh, my God. Interesting. That is shocking. All right, 2011. Here it comes. This is where we started. This is the, the year the, the, where this, it, the downfall begins. This is truly the beginning of the end. Yes. I mean, 2009 Because won, they weren't doing any favors with with those drafts. Right. Because if they did pick a guy good late, they mm-hmm. traded him. You know, look at Paul Byron. Uh, there was another guy. I forget who it was. Hold on. I'll find him. Paul Byron, Alex Biega. Like, those guys are still in the league, and you let them go. I mean, what are you going to do? Joel Armia was the first pick of this draft, and he's a guy who I'd love to have yeah, on this team for sure. at the moment. Yeah, he'd be uh, a nice player what, to have. What trade was he? Was he, he was in the Kane trade. He was in the trade. That was a much bigger trade than I ever even can wrap my head around, it seems like. Because I feel like I'm always forgetting the pieces, and it's one like, extra thing. And, on. like, none of them are in the same organization anymore. Yeah. They practically traded Armia to, to Montreal just to get Steve Mason off the books. Yeah. Dan Catanacci, um, I don't. I think he's in the ECHL now. I believe that's where he he's must at. be. Yeah, drafted out of the Sioux Greyhounds, twelve games played. And then uh, Colin Jacobs. Here's my favorite name, Alex Lepowski. That sounds like a kid we go to high school with. <laughs> I think I feel like he was from Buffalo. Hold on. Though that's Alex probably Lepowski. why we took him because we always do that. He was from Buffalo. Of course. Yes, fifth round. Alex Lepowski. Nathan yeah. Lewin was in this draft, and then Brad Navin. If anybody, please, too, if any of you listeners out there after the fact, after you listen to the show, can tell us anything about any of these guys, I would love to hear it. I want to know about Brad Navin. What did he do in his draft year that made the Sabres look at him and say, hey, he could be a... Drafted out of high school. Drafted out of high Wapuka school. Wapuka High School in Wisconsin. A seventh-round pick out of high school. Mm-hmm. Nathan Lewin had some promise. I know his downfall was concussions, but at one point he was pegged as one of the potential goalies of the future to unseat Ryan Miller. But Armia, 16th overall, though. Like, he's a nice third, fourth-line guy, but for 16th overall, you want more. You want more. And I remember the year he was traded, he was showing a lot of promise in the AHL, and I'm sure a lot of people called him a bust for not being able to contribute right away. Who's that sound like? Yeah. That you know. sounds like a fellow... Like a guy who scored a beautiful goal yesterday. Oh, we yeah. forgot to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Long bloodline. Going off topic NHL. here, but Alex Nylander, remember where you heard it first, that he is still going to be a good player in the NHL. Just By the way, he has five points in 12 career games. Not bad. No. It's not bad. He's got a higher points per game than most of the guys on this team, I'm sure, in that sample size. But so yeah. I'm trying to do the math on what he'd be on pace for if it was a full season. Just remember, carry on, carry just on. remember where you heard it first. And all the people that were bagging on the poor kid the last <laughs> three years, crickets, crickets on Twitter. And I'm not going to mention any names, but you know who I'm talking about. All right. All right. <laughs> 2012. We'll get to Nylander in a bit again. 2012. Yes. Well, okay, 2011. Well, this is how we'll do it. We'll go through the draft year, and then we'll recollect... Yeah. The actual season. So 2011, as we mentioned before, 
This was a year that was the 40th anniversary of the Sabres. I remember the first game. They got blown out of the water against Rangers. the Rangers. There, it was Derek Stepan's first game. That was the first trick. game where we passed around the flag. Yes, yes, <laughs> I remember. That was cool. Yeah. Like the oh, the flag, Terry Pagula. Oh my God, we're gonna win the Stanley Cup. And I think there was a WGRZ ad on the ice too. I don't, I don't know. know. No, that wasn't the that Pagula wasn't the owner then. He took over in uh, March or February. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yes, you're right. This you was Galasano's right. yes. doing. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm going to pull up 2011 Sabres season. Yeah. Here. So, yeah, uh, Tom Galasano was the guy here throughout all these years that we've gone over so far. So we're going to be making the, the transition to Terry Pagula during this draft, this being 2011 coming up. But I, I think that we were talking this before we went on the air, too, about our owners and stuff, and I think Galasano wasn't wasn't that bad. He I wasn't. Mean, he wasn't. He, let, he was nothing special. Yeah. He didn't make any uh, front office. They were still changes. pretty good. Like they went to the Eastern Conference Finals twice. Mm-hmm. He yeah. He saved the team from bottom bankruptcy. line is he saved the team. He yeah. saved the team, and we we got to be thankful for that. I mean, by all by all counts, too, he's a great philanthropist and whatnot. So he's a really good guy. He's just uh, in terms of running the hockey team, Darcy Regeer was here the whole time. Lindy Ruff was here the whole time, and then ownership changes and everything. He also changes. got rid of the Rochester Americans as their that's true. Yep, affiliate. I wonder what went into that. The 2011 Sabres had 96 points, right? Yeah, yeah. Second in the Northeast Division. Yet seventh yeah. in the conference. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. See, with the current playoff format, they would have been a shoe in, right? Mm-hmm. Craig Rebay was the captain still. Let's uh. Pull up some of the guys who played on this team. Luke Adam. Brad Boys yeah. was a Sabre. Don't forget about that. That was the last buy at the deadline. Brad Boys in 2011. They gave a second-round pick that turned into Joel Edmondson. Uh, Tim Connolly was still here. Paul Byron played a little bit for them. Matt Ellis was still there for some reason. Uh, Tyler Ennis became more of an NHL regular that year. Of course, he scored that big goal in Game 5 against the Flyers. You want to be a hero, Tyler Ennis, you're a hero. Uh, this was Paul Gostad, one of his last years. Mike Greer came back. Jochen Hesch was still here for some reason. Patrick Lalim. I hated Patrick Lalim. He was, yeah, he was He was horrible. He was never really good anyway, even with Ottawa. Mm-hmm. With the beach ball goals and stuff that he led in the playoffs. But I mean, Steve Monador was so here. So Greer was here. Sean then. Morris and Rob Niedermeyer. Mark Parrish was here for a little bit too. Colin Stewart played games for this team. Like, wow, my goodness. And this team, what a, they were not good. They were a not a good team, and they made that miraculous comeback late in the season. We're probably talking about they're probably having a top five pick if it wasn't for that late season run. Wow, I th- I thought Greer only came back for 09-10, but I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it was a fun season. I thought they should have beat the Flyers in that playoff series. But, you know, yeah. Billy Lano, you heard it in the open. Billy Lano just had to crush all of our dreams. Easter Sunday, 2011, mm-hmm. one of the most exciting Sabres games in recent memory. We hopped out to, I believe, a 2-0 lead. Uh, Thomas Vanek and I think Drew Stafford had a goal as well. It was a fun hockey game. Very fun game, but he choked. It was the last playoff game in Buffalo. 
Easter Sunday, 2011. That, Never that, forget. Yep, I remember. And then Terry Pagula responded by, you know what, we got, you know what, Darcy, here's all the money. Go pay that man. Mm-hmm. Forget Brad Richards. Again, Brad Richards wouldn't have been a good idea either in hindsight. But And so we made two of the worst signings in Yeah, They're still paying Lano and Erhoff. History. Christian Erhoff. He left Buffalo. He left Vancouver for Buffalo to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> Vancouver not looking any. You know, Vancouver made the playoffs afterwards, but still. What I don't get is he was in the Stanley Cup literally a month prior to signing with us and left and left because Buffalo was a better option. Yeah, twenty eleven, twenty twelve. Let's look at the draft first. 2012, you heard it again. Mikhail Grigorenko, 12th overall. Well done, as Pierre well McGuire done. said. They traded up to get Zemis Gergensons. You flop on two first-round picks. Gergensons is just a fourth-line player. It sucks, like, especially 14. Like, if you get a fourth line, a good fourth-line guy with, like, a 28th pick, it is what it is. You got an NHL regular out of it. But 14th overall, come on. And then... Jake McCabe, 44th overall, is good. Is a good pick. I mean, why is he still here? I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. Why do we have so many Darcy Regeer All the guys? Darcy Regeer guys. They need to gut this team of all of the Darcy Regeer guys. All of them. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't need to see Zemis Gergensen's on this team next year. I don't need to see Johan Larson on this team next year. Jake McCabe, he's okay, but why? I don't need to see him on this team anymore. He's been hurt a lot. He's just an okay bottom pairing guy, and I just I I don't need to see him anymore. I don't. Gergensen, I know all Mark all Mark was a sixth round pick in this draft. That's a good pick, a really good pick for a sixth round pick. But all Mark, he's how old now? He's played fifty nine games. He's probably how old is all Mark? Twenty four. Twenty five. What has he shown this year that he's going to be a number one goalie? I like him, but... Well, spoiler alert, he's not, okay? The future... I've, I've said this before. The future of the Sabres net is not on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Linus Allmark... God, you're going to get me on a rant now. Are, are we kidding. comfortable with Allmark and Hutton next year? No. Maybe Hutton. I, I don't think Allmark is any more than a backup goalie, though. And Hutton's no more than a backup right goalie now. either. Correct. But a better backup goalie. Are... I, is this too early? Should we talk about this, the current situation afterwards? Maybe, but... Yeah. Let, 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 right, yeah let's, let's, keep, let's just keep going. I mean, it's fair, here. though. We're recollecting on yeah. this draft. Logan Nelson. Justin Keogh was a third-round pick for some reason. <laughs> uh, the Saginaw Spirit never played an NHL game. They passed on guys like Matt Murray, who would have been a fantastic pick. But you know what? That's hindsight. Logan Nelson. Brady Austin. We played a little bit of Tim Murray's final press conference towards the end of that open there and he was talking about Brady Austin like he played in a few games in yeah, an emergency he had a cup right? of coffee you had five games at the end of that was when we had all season. those injuries happen mm-hmm. in 2017 yeah like. so okay the 2012 season I don't really remember much of the 2012 season maybe you'll have to uh so this are we talking 12 13 2011 2012 this was the okay beginning of the end basically um this was the year Gostad was traded for a first-round pick, uh, Cassian for Hodgson. I definitely uh, Cassian was the next Milan Lucic. I definitely you know. do remember the end of the season, the last couple of weeks. 
there was a time where we were on a, a big stretch chasing down the final playoff spot, just as we had done the year before. And I remember a game against the Capitals where it was really important. We really needed to win. Um, they probably lost. I think we won, actually. Yeah, mm. we won. Oh. Uh, maybe I could bring up that roster and I could... Wait, was that the the go- the game where it went to overtime and Vanek scored that beautiful goal? No, that... No, no, no. That was uh, that was like mid, mid-year, probably beginning of the mm. year around there. I don't know if that... That was actually the year before. This was the year where they had a bunch of no-names play for the team. The yep. likes of you know Grognani, Joe Finley, who was 24 at the See, time. See, this is exactly how I remember it. We Colin went, Stewart. We went into Washington for that game on a four-game winning streak and beat the Capitals 5-1 in Washington and then finished the year 1-4. Mm-hmm. And Would they have made it if they essentially won out? out? Let me see. So we, it doesn't give you the, what how many points we had at the time. So after that Capitals win, we had... They did finish 76, with 86 89 points. points. 89 points? Yeah, 89 points. Oh, yep. Okay, so 89 points. I remember that Bruins game, too. I remember that final Bruins game. I remember, too, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, so 89 points... Let's say you win two of the final, two of the other games. Let's say that. Let's take a look. So you'd have 93 points. Let's take a look at the NHL that season then. Some other guys that played for this team. Alexander Salser, he was a part of the Cassian trade as well. Uh, Colin Stewart played games for this team. Remember Paul Shahura? Uh, Corey Trott played, Travis Turnbull played, Derek Whitmore played, and this was also the year where Marcus Foligno got called up. I remember that, how he was going to be the Calder Trophy winner the next year. He had a really, really strong end to that season. Hold on. He was 20 years old, got called up from Rochester. Uh, I'm going to try and find it. Yeah, 2011-2012, he had 13 points in 14 games, Marcus Foligno, towards the end of that season, and was just never the guy that we expected him to become. That was gut-wrenching. Oh my God. So, had the Sabres won two of those final four games, one of which against the Maple Leafs, we would... Let me see if ROWs existed back then. Senators 35. Okay. If the Sabres had won two of those games, we would have been in the playoffs. Really? We, the, we would have DC'd the Ottawa Senators for the eighth seed, and we would have faced the New York Rangers in round one. I think that game, that series went seven too. I think Rangers Senators, uh, but yeah, and they we, probably don't have Mikhail Grigorenko too. The Sabers would have been in, but I mean, what does it matter? Yeah, it's all you know. There's a reason we lost for the final five games, and here we are thinking about what could have been an eighth seed in the 2012 playoffs. That's maybe what we've they, come maybe to. Maybe they don't rebuild if they make the playoffs that year. That's right. But is that a blessing or? Yeah. Or curse. I mean, has this rebuild worked? <laughs> no. No. Well, the so, first rebuild didn't work. The second rebuild, well, we'll see. That's a good argument, too. Would this team be in a better spot? Is it in a better spot now, or would it be in a better spot if we had not rebuilt after and, and tried chasing the playoffs like that? In 2013? Yeah. I mean, they were just bad. That's a th- They didn't tear anything down. They The team tore itself down. Vanek, Miller, Ott, all these guys... Their final year of their contracts were all in the same year. What did you want? Did you want to sign all these guys, the seven-year extensions, so then you have 
five terrible contracts. No, that was the right move. They didn't have like if you look at the roster. I mean, we're we're going on to 2013 now. The 2013 Buffalo Sabres roster was terrible. This was the lockout. This was the lockout. I'm going to go through the roster. Who was worth keeping? Luke Adam, TJ Brennan, Christian Ehrhoff, Matt Ellis, Tyler Ennis, Jonas Enroth, Brian Flynn, Felino, Gerby, Grigorenko played for some reason. Hesht, Hodgson, Coletta, Vinny Lano, Jordan Leopold, Cody McCormick, Ryan Miller, Tyler Myers, Steve Ott, Adam Party, Jason Pominville, Kevin Porter, Mark Pesic for a little bit. Robin Regeer, Chad Ruiel, John Scott, Andre Sakara, Drew Stafford, Alex Saltzer, Thomas Vanek, Mike Weber. Who was worth keeping on that roster? Anybody? I liked Alex Saltzer. I thought he was a good player. But come on. I'm not I'm not. I'm like, just saying people that. People are like, oh anecdote. my god, I can't believe they tanked. They didn't have to. They were terrible to begin with. Just make it a little anecdote. I'm... Thomas Vanek had 41 points in 38 games. He was fantastic Mm -hmm. in the lockout shortened season. Absolutely fantastic. But who who should they have kept on that team? Who? Tell me. People that are like, oh, they should have never tanked. The tank failed. Oh, my God. They didn't have anything. I'm going to be devil's advocate, okay? And I'm actually going to name names. First one, what about Andre Sakara? Why? Well, they got a good deal for him. They got JT Comfort out of that trade. Which resulted in Ryan O'Reilly, yeah. which resulted in Tage Thompson, Vladimir Sabotka. And no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't, I, no, stop. <laughs> I do not bring up how, like, bringing that up I'm is playing like, devil's no. advocate. J- Jason Bottrell did not, I, I've said this a thousand times. If you seriously think Jason Bottrell was like, you know what, I want Vladimir Sabotka and Patrick Berglund. You are a fool. I'm sorry. You're an idiot if you think that Jason Bottrell's like, yeah, I want those two players. No, they wanted to trade O'Reilly, and we talk about the O'Reilly trade every week, and it's starting to grind my gears a little bit because I'm not defending the trade. Maybe they should have waited a year because this year would have been a perfect time to trade him. You know, you give Middlestat that one year because if O'Reilly, they finish in last place, thirty-first place with Ryan O'Reilly on this team. Some people tend to forget that, and they were going to trade him. I know the Pagulas didn't like their com- his comments when you generally when you finish in last place after another disappointing season, you regress on top of a disappointing season. You make a move, and O'Reilly was the poster child that was going to get moved. They were going to ship somebody out now. Could they have do, did it with Ristolainen? Sure. But somebody had to go. Somebody from the core had to go. And O'Reilly was that guy. And they weren't going to be able to trade him to St. Louis unless they took back some cap dumps. So stop bringing up Vladimir Sabotka and Patrick Berglund as Jason Bottrell's guys. No. He d- definitely did not want these two players. He wanted Thompson. He wanted the first-round pick, and he wanted the second-round pick. That's the O'Reilly trade. Saboka's not going to be here next year. I think they're going to buy him out, or he's going to go after Russia. Berglund's gone. We can forget about him. Whatever. It's too early to judge this. But beside all that, would we know how things turned out anyway, even after getting O'Reilly. Would it have hurt? He's not coming back. Ryan O'Reilly's not coming back. Well, hang on. I'm not saying He's that. Gone. I'm saying, would it really Let's... have? Would it really have hurt to keep Sakara? Would anything have changed? 
Would anything have changed in the long run? He would have walked a couple years later. Maybe it did result in us getting... And he's a horrible contract. Maybe now. Oilers it, fans hate him. It led to Brandon Montour. This, I, I forget that this ultimately, led to Andre Seguera. <laughs> ultimately, it led to Brandon Montour. Correct? Because one of the first round picks we got... It could be. Could if, lead. If, yeah, possibly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yes. Anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about which O'Reilly is an improvement bit, over Sakara, of course. Yes. But I'm just... I would love JT Comfer on this team right now. I he is a really good player. They need a guy like JT Comfer. But yes, of course, you would rather have Ryan O'Reilly. Twelve thirteen was a very they was, were terrible. It was they a... were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. Well, and we again, they points. made a big run late and they climbed back into playoff contention and they missed. They could. They probably would should have drafted in the top five, but no, because of that late run, they picked eighth, and they got Rasmus Ristolainen, who has regressed in every single year he's played in this league. Every single year, besides the first year, of course, because you know he was a rookie, he wasn't that good. But we're talking 2015, 16. He was all right. He was a good player. He got a little worse, a little worse, and now he is where he is now. And how much value does Ristolainen hold in a trade now? He's terrible. He's it's... not good. I can't bring he, up. It, yeah, I don't know. I can't bring up the 12, 13 standings, but again, uh, even if we did make the playoffs, it would make no difference. I think we were only like four points out or so. But isn't it mind blowing? This team hasn't made the playoffs in this new format, the playoff format. It is. Uh, we could go a whole format era without making the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they might not make it until. The next playoff format format change, who knows? That's true. Yes, but again, as I said earlier, if you're one of those guys that are like, oh, they should have never tanked, they should have kept everybody on that 2013 roster, how many players I don't are, think anyone's are saying not, that, though, realistically. They should have never tanked? What other option was well, there? Well, no, I mean kept everyone on that roster. What other option Obviously. was there besides tanking? What other option? There, I'm not saying there wasn't another option. I'm just saying No, there I'm, are people that are saying, oh, they should have never tanked. What? What from that roster? What could they have done to save themselves from that? What? Nothing. There was nothing. There was no other option. Oh, yeah, let's sign Ryan Miller, who was 32 years old in 2013. 32. Were you going to give Ryan Miller an eight-year extension like some people wanted? Why? Imagine the Sabres paying Ryan Miller $7.5 million right now. That's an anchor. You're talking about Kyle Oposo? That's worse. Imagine if they're paying Thomas Vanek $7 million right now. That's worse than Kyle Oposo. Although his contract would probably be done in like three years rather than five. There was no other option. They had to go down the rebuilding path. And tanking was the right choice. You can say it didn't work, whatever. What did they tank for? Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel? They got Jack Eichel. And that's all she wrote. Okay. They couldn't build up a team we'll get around Jack Eichel. Okay. But still, the tank succeeded in the fact that they got Jack Eichel. The rebuild failed. The tank worked. Yes. And okay. rant. The tank and the rebuild are different. Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. Let's go to 13-14 because this is when it all truly – I don't want to keep saying it truly began. But this is when – the tank, the rebuild began. Okay, this is really this when, is it, when the tank it began. kicked into gear. Yes. It kicked into gear here. Uh, if I could just rattle off some names here, sort it by alphabetical order. Oh, we didn't go that. over the 2013 draft. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, let's talk about the That's 2013 right. draft Yeah, okay, first. you're right. 2013. Which, around the time of the draft, this was a really good draft. Everyone thought that they were going to get this, some studs out of this draft. This was Darcy Regeer's final 
draft as the Buffalo Sabres GM. And, and a lot of these guys were hyped up. Hyped up. This is what Regeer left us with. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, still on the team. He has played 419 games, and people are still talking like he's a young player. Nikita Zadorov came here. You know what? The thing with Risto, too, is he has these flashes of physical dominance and brilliance. He is and an he idiot can't, he can't, on the ice. He can't keep it going. He is the dumbest player on the team. I am convinced this guy has no hockey IQ. If this was... Zero. Against, uh, what game was it? The Blues game. He... There's a scramble in front, and that this was the goal where O'Reilly bumped into Hutton, mm-hmm. and they reviewed it, and it was a good goal. Mm-hmm. Standing in front of that, cross-checking the guy in front of the net, and I'm like, what are you doing? And then they just tap it in. I'm like, come on. What are you doing, Risto? If the year... This guy is an absolute idiot. Zero hockey IQ whatsoever. Oh, my God. If I can't do this anymore. If the year oh was God. 1997, Ristolainen would be an elite defenseman. Yes. It's not right. 1997 anymore. Correct. The guy is an absolute... I'm just saying. No hockey I IQ. I will continue. Zero. I think in the O'Reilly trade, we ultimately ended up trading the wrong defenseman. We should have traded Ristolainen, right? Mm-hmm. And not Zadorov, because Zadorov is still. I mean, he. I th- he's a good I'd, I'd rather have Ristolainen than Zadorov. Really? Because Zadorov's an idiot too. They oh, drafted Lord. two physically dominant players with no hockey. IQ. Well, that's the game that we're here likes. Do you want to get harder to play against? Yeah. We have. Let's Kevin, draft two. Kevin Joel Quinnville mm. Divine to thank for that. Uh, but moving on. JT Comfort. This draft. Good pick. This draft is what brought Ryan O'Reilly pretty much mm-hmm. to Buffalo. JT Comfort. Uh, Connor they Hurley. Traded up to get Comfort. Connor Hurley was their own pick. And then this was the era where they were like, you know, let's draft all the Buffalo boys possible. Justin Bailey. Baptiste was here. Cal Peterson. Mm-hmm. Postler. Florentino. Malone. Locke. Malone. People still talk like this guy's going to be a legitimate fourth line center someday some people even hype him up more than alex nylander who i like are you kidding me this guy's been in the organization three years longer than alex nylander and people still talk like this guy has nhl potential there and nylander belongs in the echl all right there was a period of time about a week or two where some folks on twitter were talking about sean malone as being like jack eichel's counterpart you're kidding. Do you remember this? No. I do not. We'll talk about it after the show because it... Oh, my okay. God. Okay. There was some comparison, some weird out there comparison to Jack Eichel. Um, Whoa. And we'll try and find it later, but yeah. You're kidding. No. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> want to get into it, but... Well, oh, he's injury prone in a prima donna? Because Sean Malone is injury prone. Injury-prone Sean Malone. Yes, okay. he is. Uh, Anthony Florentino is a name I vaguely remember. Yeah, Gustav Posler I only knew because I had him in NHL 15, and he was all right. Uh, Eric Locke, I don't remember. Hold on, let's look at Eric A Locke. darn thing about this guy. Seventh round, 189th overall, played for the Saginaw Spirit. Still playing at the University of Ottawa. He's got 33 points in 25 games. Well. Uh, so he was drafted in 2013. He had 97 points in 68 games in his draft year. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure people were hyping this guy up like crazy. Like, oh, maybe this guy's going to be our seventh round steal. But no. 
Eric Locke never amounted to anything. Good, good man. Well, that but yeah, like if you look at this, Ristolainen was supposed to be your number one defenseman. Zadorov was supposed to be your number two defenseman. Comfer was supposed to be like your second, third line center. Hurley, he was the youngest player in the draft, was Mr. Hockey out of Edina High School. He's in the ECHL now. They never even signed him. They didn't even invite him to development camp. Bailey was supposed to be a 20-goal scorer. Tim Murray even suggested the fact that Baptiste might be a 30-goal scorer. Cal Peterson was supposed to be your number one goalie. Like, we talk about hyping up prospects. None of these guys really amounted to anything. There's three guys in here that are NHL players. And... Oh, my God. I am fired up. I am absolutely fired up. I am livid Well, today. let's get into the actual season now. Yes, 13-14. The Sabres, this was worse than the year after, actually. The Sabres had a combined 61 losses and only 21 wins. And that is this because... This was the Ted Nolan year where he was brought in. Their leading goal scorer... Was Cody Hodgson, right? Indeed, indeed. This he was like, the Nolan year? He had like 40 points, 13-14. Oh, uh, 44 points was yeah. Cody Hodson, 43. They should have traded him that year. 43 for Tyler Ennis. Drew Stafford at 34. Christian Erhoff, 33 points. Um, but How do a player this was, this was it. This is when we saw, okay, well, here comes the suffering that Darcy Regeer told us about on July 1st, 2007. There will be suffering, and it came. I, I give Rieger props for saying that because mm-hmm. he was holding no punches. Like, there's going to be no playoffs, basically. Mm-hmm. Imagine a GM today saying that. Imagine if Pierre Dorian in the last offseason was like, yeah, we're not going to make the playoffs for, like, a couple of years. There's going to be some suffering. No. D- Darcy was holding no punches. Well, yeah, and this would be the year that would see Darcy – removed yes, from his position 17 years on the job whatever indeed, it was indeed oh my god following lindy ruff out the door yeah ron ralston was showing the door too pat lafontaine comes in and he's like we're gonna draft a lot of more buffalo boys we're gonna here know. is my what do you remember the pat lafontaine era i don't I, a little no bit i remember what did the guy even say i remember john muckler's name coming up as well around that time there's a Facebook status I posted. We were almost the boys club. Yeah. We yeah, were we almost would've... the boys club. Right. What was Balfontaine? President of Hockey Operations? Yeah, he wanted, uh, I believe. I confl- I heard that he tried to trade Ryan Miller for John Gibson. I heard that. that. I don't know if it was a rumor at the time. It was a long time ago. I have very little recollection of it. But then I also heard he wanted to sign Miller to a seven, eight-year extension. And then he was basically fired by Murray and... Um, we haven't heard anything since. Well, we will never know for sure. But one thing is, I think LaFontaine is a good hockey mind, and I think it would be cool if he was given the opportunity. I know he works with... Is it, He's is in it, the NHL now, like the league office. The league office. I don't know if he works with Chateau St. Mary's Chateau, or whatever, but or one of those, some Long Island school even. I remember an NHL network feature on it. But, yeah, uh... It, it was it was a very very weird time during this uh, during went during Lafontaine's tenure here. Um, John Muckler's name though was something that I briefly heard come up. I feel like I, it was it was out there. Okay, it was 
a really out there kind of deal, but uh, it, uh, it, it only lasted. Yeah, he was only there for like two weeks. months. You're, not yeah. even. Right, right, right. Uh, and then Ted Nolan was yeah. extended as the head coach as well. Uh, Ted Nolan, like, he was the perfect tank coach. Perfect. He was. He was. He's there to rally the troops. Come on, guys. It's can... a miracle that they even got 52 points that year. They should have gotten, like, 12. This is my favorite st- uh, stat from that season, okay? Yeah. We had less than two goals per game. We scored 157 goals in 82 games. That is 30th in the league. We were last in the league. Goals four, we were a little better. Uh... Or, I'm sorry, goals against, that is. 248. Shall I read the roster from the season? Go for it, yeah. Luke Adam. Mm-hmm. Corey Conacher, the waiver pickup. Matt D'Agostini, the waiver pickup. They traded two second-round picks and Braden McNabb for Nicholas Delorier. Christian Erhoff, Matt Ellis, Tyler Ennis. Good, good year that year and the year after. Jonas Enroth, Brian Flint. Marcus Foligno, Gergensen, Grigorenko again, who shouldn't, what, but didn't belong in the league. Matt Hackett, who was pegged as possibly a goalie of the future. Cody Hodgson, where this was the decline for him. Patrick Coletta, Connor Knapp, Zenon Kanapka, Johan Larson, Billy Leno, Nathan Lewin, Jamie McBain, Jake McCabe played a little bit towards the end of the season. Cody McCormick, Braden McNabb, until he was traded, of course. Miller, Tory Mitchell, Matt Molson. Tyler Myers, Michael Neuwirth, Linus Omark, Steve Ott, Kevin Porter, Mark Pesek, Rasmus Ristolain, Chad Ruedel, John Scott was a Buffalo Sabre. Like, that's hard to believe sometimes. Drew Stafford, Chris Stewart, Alexander Saltzer, and some more bums here. Hold on. I lost where I was. Henrik Talinder, he came back, played a little bit. Corey Tropp, Thomas Manick, Phil Veroni, Mike Weber, Nikita Zadorov until he was sent back to London. That's a long list. That's a lot of players that played for this team. 45 players. 45 players played on this team in one year. That Including six goaltenders. Exceptional. Six goaltenders. That is the that is what I remember most about this season. Ryan Miller, Jonas Enroth, Nathan Lewin, Matt Hackett, Connor Knapp, and Michael Neuvirth. And somehow I feel like there was more than that. Maybe the next season we had Clock seven. too, for a little bit. Yeah. Until he was traded to Washington. But, yeah, it's just, wow. Wow, wow, wow. They really, I, I can't believe they were they even got in the 50s. Those two those two tanking Sabres teams deserved 12 points. This is the year Not where. Even. They were the underdog in every game. The tank began. Because once we acquired Zen and Kanapka, it was like. A waiver claim. Well, there it is. Mm-hmm. If this guy's going to be in our lineup, then yeah, it was it was done after that. All right, let's look at the 2014 draft. Right. It starts, things start looking up. I think no matter no matter how you feel, this team is in a better spot than it was five years ago. Oh, yeah, you for know, sure. I, it, it could somehow be worse. We could be the Senators, after all, right? The Senators are in a very Senators good spot. The Senators have a lot of good young players, though. They're, they're going to be a really good team for a long time, as long as they pay their guys when the time we comes. We said that about the Sabres. You don't know until it happens. True. True, right. true, true. All right, Sam Reinhart, second overall. There's still some people that think he's a bust for some reason. Uh, that's not the case, but 
you know what? Whatever. I did the math. He's got like 98 points in his last 115 games. So stop sleeping on Sam Reinhardt. Brandon Lemieux playing for the Rangers now. Uh, 31st overall. He's a decent NHL player. I mean, he has a he third, has fourth a, line guy. He has a role. He, you know, he has he um producing for the Rangers in his short time there. Right, but he's a checker. He's not afraid to get in your face. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, he has a role in the league. Yep. Eric Cornell and Vaslav Karabacek. Karabacek was bought out at the beginning of the season. Cornell probably won't even get qualified by the Sabers. He'll be gone. Jonas Johansson, Bryson Martin in the third round. Neither. Well, I mean. Bryson Martin, I'm sure they're going to cut bait with him. They didn't even want him in their own. They didn't even want him in Cincinnati. They sent him to the Maine Mariners, Danny Breer's team. Jonas Johansson is not going to be an NHL player. Uh, Max Willman, Christopher Brown, whatever. Max Willman, training camp MVP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christopher Brown, I think they have to sign him in the offseason. He's playing for BC. I doubt they even sign him. Victor Olfson is the only... A potential potential NHL player out of this draft besides Sam Reinhart mm-hmm. that's still in the organization. Right. Big whoop. They had four picks in the top 49 and hit on one. Congratulations. It kills me. I said this to you earlier. The 13 draft should have been the one where things turned around because you have three, five picks in the first two rounds. Granted, it wasn't a great draft. But, but, you still have five picks in the first two rounds. And they make it work. Now let's talk about the tank here. Right. This has become a myth now. Almost, it's kind of It's been a while. It's It's been four or five years. Half a decade almost Mm -hmm. since this really took off. It's been a long time since the tank. Next season will be the real anniversary of the tank. Yeah. Well, they got Jack Eichel out of it. Mm-hmm. They got Jack out of the tank, and that is why the tank was a success. We got Jack, but what else? Right? Well, that's the goal of the tank. That indeed was the goal. But. 2015. Armia played here for a little bit, and then he got the real tank admirals that <laughs> Tim Murray brought in. Andre Benoit, Jerry D'Amigo, Zach Dalpy. Andre Mazaros. Andre Mazaros. <laughs> Uh, who else? Anders Lindback was here. Yep. Tori Mitchell. Uh, Tim, Schaller Tim Schaller was here. Tyson Strachan. Mike Weber. Like Phil Veroni. How many of the tank players are still in the league? Army is in the league. Bogosian. Uh, Tyler Annis, that's three. Felino, that's four. Gerdinsons, that's five. Uh... Larson. Struggling to find players. It's still playing Larson's in. So that's six. Jake McCabe. Seven. Tyler uh, Myers. Myers is eight. Neuverth. Nine. Pezik. Ten. Reinhardt. Reinhardt's 11. 12. Risto. Uh, 13. 14. Ruidle and Stafford are in the league still, too. Yeah, so we're talking like 16 players out of the like 40 guys that were on this team are still in the league. Like... That's just mind-blowing. And I was, like, I, there were some sleepless nights. I stayed up and watched the Coyotes and the Oilers basically every night, keeping up with the race for the bottom. Thank God they got there because imagine what this mess is with Dylan Strome. Because I'm sure the Sabres would have handled Dylan Strome extremely horribly, just like the Coyotes did. And they probably would have just held on to him and let him suffer and then, like, 
not what the Coyotes did and give him a change of scenery that he deserved. This is funny. You want to know what? You don't know who had the highest average shift time on that team? Oh my god, I don't even want to know. Tyson Strachan. You're kidding. Fifty nine seconds. Wow. Yeah. I remember Tyson Strachan. Like the Sabers were kind of they won one game late. It was like the eighth last game of the season, seventh last game of the season. He was like one out of seven, baby. And I'm like, you. You mess this up, Tyson. If, I will find you, and I will, I will, do some bad things to you. If you, you could see Joe's face when he said that just now, it was great. Uh, Pure hatred. I hate Tyson Strachan. Tyson Strachan also was sixth on the team in time on ice per game at sixteen forty three. Tyson Strachan's not even in the league anymore, and he was used as a top four defenseman on this team that year. Like, that's how bad this team was. Mm-hmm. They didn't deserve to win a game. And there was time where people thought they could make the playoffs. They had that run in November, and then they lost every game in January, and then the rest is history. They finished in last. They got Jack Eichel. They lost the lottery. It is what it is. You know, McDavid would have been nice, but even with McDavid on this team, they're still a train wreck. Look at Edmonton. I mean... It's possible. So I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm a very amateur understanding of Corsi, okay? But this says goals for per 60, so I take it that's how many goals for they're on the ice for then? Possibly, per, I don't per, know. Per I, don't, I don't really pay attention to analytics. Well, here are two goals against. Zach Dalpy was on the ice for four goals per 60 minutes, it looks like. That, I can, I don't know, I don't have a big understanding of analytics, but I can tell you right now that's not good. <laughs> Yep, okay, GA per 60, on-ice goals against 60 minutes at even strength. So, four for Zach Dalpy. Yikes. So, I don't know if that's an average. Ugh. Yeah, it must be, because, yeah, okay, it must be. It's probably, you know. You know what I mean. All right, let's rattle off these final suffering Somebody years Somebody out there here. explain that for us, please. 2015 drafts. You got Jack Eichel, Brendan Gooley, Will Borgen, Devontae Stevens, Giorgio Estefan, and Ivan Chukarov. Uh Borgen's the only saving grace out of there besides Eichel. What about... Oh, okay, sorry, I was looking at the one above it. Yep, indeed. Um, rough. Another rough, rough one. All right, now let's go to the fun year. The last fun Sabre season. Yes. 15-16. They made the jump to 81 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bilesman's first year, and then we're like, you know what? Your next year is the year we're gonna make the playoffs. They draft Nylander, Asplin, Pooh, Fitzgerald, Brett Murray, Philip Nyberg, Budik, Hagel, Osmanski, and Glotov. I mean, I like Casey Fitzgerald, but is he gonna be an NHL player? Probably not. Well, Nylander and Asplin are the only hopes out of this draft. Hold on, I want to go back to uh, fifteen sixteen season quickly. Uh. I've been highly critical of Tim Murray on this show a lot. I'm I have made it clear I'm not a big fan of Tim Murray. But he was building a playoff team here. This team would be better at this point in the season if Tim Murray was here. I do believe that. We were talking about this yesterday, in fact. They had just signed him to an extension. He had just begun building a good team. He had accomplished his goal of getting the team Jack Eichel, which in my opinion is when his job really started 
and then he gets dismissed after Eichel's second season. So the team fires him before giving him a chance to really build around Jack. So right there, first of all, you're sabotaging your own team because you're ruining a plan. You can't establish a plan if you only give your guy two years to do that. Then you bring another guy who's going to have a different plan. What are you going to do? And they might do that this year, too. Who knows? Fire Bottrell if he doesn't. If they fire Bottrell, like, are we just spinning our wheels, giving guys no chance to really build a team? I don't know. I don't think it was. At the time, I thought it was way too early to fire Murray. You know what? It is what it is. He made some a lot of questionable decisions, and people said he couldn't draft for his life. But now, looking back, Nylander... He's looking like he's going to be an NHL player. He's got like what, he's got three points in his last two games in the NHL. Asplund looks like he's going to be really good in the NHL someday. Olafson, people are falling head over heels for. There are some guys that he drafted are going to be pretty good. Only a handful because he only had what three drafts to really do anything. But again, the 2017 draft was really good, and Murray's not making the call on who they're drafting. If Murray was still here and for the 2017 draft, they're probably drafting all of those guys they drafted under Bottrell and that scouting staff, basically. Because I know they were zeroing in on Middlestat. If Murray was still here, they were going to pick Middlestat. But hey, you never know. Revisionist. But And he said in his last press conference here, I promised Jack I was going to do whatever it took to build a playoff team here. I wonder what he was going to do. What? He was probably going to was. re-sign Evander Kane. Would be one. And another thing, people wanted Tim Murray to trade Evander Kane for a bag of pucks mm-hmm. at the assault accusations or whatever was going on in 2016, and they wanted to buy him out. Imagine if that happened. That was a good decision on his part to mm-hmm. keep Kane, right. and they still got a first-round pick out of it. So, mm-hmm. and which could lead to Brandon Montour. So, you know what? He gets a lot of flack. Some deserve, some is too much, but I mean I just think bottom line he wasn't given enough time. Yeah. In the end. A GM needs more than I mean, his first two years on the job were tanking, basically. Yeah, they didn't he had count. to dismantle this. He only had two years to really build up. And you know, what if that happens to Bottrell this year? I can on I would not be surprised if Terry Pagula pulls the trigger and fire, fires Bottrell and Housley mm-hmm. at the end. I would not. I get the same vibe. I have the same vibe right now as I did in during the 16-17 season. Same exact vibe. I mean, there's exactly a legit the chance same. this team can finish with less than 80 points again. Oh, yeah. What do they got, 71 now? 71? Something there's no there. way they have more than 80 points. No. Absolutely, positively, no way. No way they finish above 80. Uh... Okay, now let's talk about the regression year. I'd, I'd like to f- try and get this out of my mind, but I remember they were in the playoff hunt around the bye week. They're a couple, few points out of playoffs. Up until the deadline. Then you lose to Colorado, you lose to Arizona, and then it's over. And then you finish 17 or whatever points out of playoff spot. Murray and Biles are canned, mm-hmm. and now we're here. We're here. This is how we got to this point in time the second rebuild Riley's gone and then they regress they regress on top of that a lot of people thought they were going to make the playoffs they thought that Scandello was going to put this team over the top the new coach was going to change everything no that wasn't the case Housley sucks 
He sucks. There's no other way to put it. I, I'm at a loss for words. Like Housley's not. You can't good. fault his effort though. Yeah, can't fault his effort behind the bench. Yeah. He. I mean, you know, he's had good checking detail. You know. Yeah, that Blues game was the only game where they had good mm-hmm. checking detail. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is how we got here, and flat out incompetence, not good, horrible drafting. Basically, horrible drafting. The common denominator is drafting. Mm-hmm. Right, because if you look at any other good team, you look at the Lightning; they draft well, and they were at the top Boy, of the draft ever... for a long time too. Well is not the correct adjective. That's it. Fantastic. Right? Yeah, fantastic. Superb, superb drafting mm-hmm. from all the teams at the top. Sixteen, seventeen is right up there with seventeen, eighteen as the most depressing years as a fan. This season is just about as depressing as seventeen, eighteen. Fifteen, sixteen because it was a collapse. Fifteen, sixteen was my favorite in recent memory because that team. I agree because there was hope. There was hope. hope. The team was actually exciting. They liked each other. Um. Yeah, you, we had good veterans in the room too. Uh, it was just. It was a fun year, I think, and uh, I mean, wanting to get back to an 80-point pace is nothing exceptional, but that's, what are you going to do? Yeah, I what don't know. Are, what, I'm, at, I'm at a loss What for is this team going to do? I mean, what are they going to do? I said it on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. They have everybody under team control next year besides Skinner and Pominville. Mm-hmm. Is it a lock? that Jeff Skinner is going to be on this team next year? No. No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think they're going to get a deal done. But, I mean, you never know. I Like, there's no room for Rochester guys to come up, pretty much. You're losing Pominville. And maybe they decide to just not qualify Gergensen's or Larson. I don't know, but... Maybe they make a couple trades, but you still have most of the guys on the team next year that you have now. Last week after the Penguins game, I tweeted, Folks, what do we do? What do they do? What do we do to What can they overcome? Do? What are you getting for Ristolainen? Like, I mean, teams have scouts, and they're still scouting post-trade deadline. They're watching him play, and it's not good. Right. What are you getting for Ristolainen? Definitely not what you could get. You're not getting anything um, significant now. Ugh, I don't know. Because, like, what else do they have to trade? Mm-hmm. You're not getting anything for Gergensen's. You're not getting anything for Larson besides, like, a fourth or fifth round pick. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. It is just the boiling point has been reached. Yeah. All right, let's... Well, the good thing is... We went pretty long. Let's answer some questions wow about that yes alex nylander looks good alex nylander is good yeah all right tage thompson starting with the sabers next year where's palmer gonna be that comes from uh crucified kevin where's Uh, palmer gonna be he's gonna be somewhere else he's gonna be on a golf course yeah he's not gonna be in buffalo maybe he'll be with the academy of hockey Mm -hmm. tage thompson will be in buffalo next year 100% 100% what he'll be like. The Academy of Hockey 22. is like a political prison for the Sabres. They <laughs> send all their guys there who can't play anymore. <laughs> yeah, Tage Thompson will be up in Buffalo. I, I'm Again, 
Uh, Thompson's going to be my new guy because I'm sure people are going to be backing up their stances on Alex Nylander, how he's a bust. Thompson's not a bust. He's 21, right? He's 21 years old. He's still very young. Maybe he won't be that second-line player that we all hoped he would be, but he could still be a third-line player that can contribute. Put him in a, in a position to succeed. Give him a good center. Again, these young players that are here right now have not been put in a position to succeed. Thompson has not been put in any position to succeed this year in Buffalo. He should have been in Rochester for a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it sucks. Uh, yeah, thanks for that question, Kevin. Uh, next question comes from friend of the show, Owen. He says, little early, but what moves are necessary necessary to be made this offseason? Well, first, Phil Housley's got to go. Mm-hmm has to go uh you're hoping that you win the draft lottery obviously that would be nice uh what else what Rista has got to go I, a couple weeks ago I said if you get a good offer trade him but since then he's been an absolute train wreck all he's gotta go. of the regear guys all of the regear guys have to go. to go except for Elmark probably stays but McCabe can go Rista can go Gergensen's Larson I don't need to see these guys anymore you can't win. You can't have a winning team when you have too many losers on your team. You, they have too many. Like Gergensen and Larson are fine. Whatever. I got no problem with we them. We have guys. They, have, they don't need to be here anymore. They've been here for too long. Way, way, way too long. They were brought up in this losing system, and that'll never be corrected. They'll never learn how to win here. They, 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 they just simply they won't develop the drive to win here. Okay, because this team is a loser. They, it, it won't happen. It won't happen for them mentally. There's nothing to motivate them to try and win because we've seen it all with them. They aren't going to just transform overnight and suddenly become winners with a winning mindset. It's not going to happen. I would love to see half this team gone next year. But, it's again, it's not NHL 19 where you can just, you know, okay, I'm going to trade this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Mm-hmm. You need a dance partner to make a trade. Right. And how many guys on this team are going to attract really? any trade interest at all? What is the reason to keep around Johan Larson and Emis Gergensens? Oh, they're great penalty killers. There's thousands of good penalty killers <laughs> out there. Literally. It's okay. Here's a great penalty killer. Great penalty killer. You're still going to give up power play goals. You're still going to kill penalties. Anybody. Anybody can kill. Jack Eichel can kill penalties. Anybody can, can kill penalties. Anybody can kill a penalty. Anybody. It's all about scheming. It's all about coaching. Assistant coaches run power plays. It, that's that's what it's about. Anybody can kill a power play. Anybody can do it. In addition to firing Housley, they need to gut the entire coaching staff. Too. Our penalty kill... Everybody. Everybody. I don't care. Steve Smith is okay. Their penalty kill has been fine, but... Our penalty kill isn't even that good. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's not exceptional. Like, uh, I'm sorry, but penalty killer is not a position on the roster. If that's the only thing they can do... And they don't produce anything. No. Like, Gergensen's tries hard. I wish everyone on this team tried as hard as Emmys Gergensen's, but he contributes zero. He does nothing. Zero. He eats Johan minutes. Larson contributes zero. Vladimir Saboka contributes zero. When half of your bottom six contributes absolutely nothing to your roster, points-wise, you, there is no place for these guys on this team anymore. Zero. There is, absolutely not. There is Look literally... Look at the Islanders. They're mm-hmm. fourth line. Martin contributes a little bit. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck contributes a little bit. Uh, Casey Sezikis, their fourth-line center, has, what does he have, 20 goals? What does it take to get a 20-goal scorer that's on your fourth line? I I could 
think about this for five years and would not find a valuable reason for why these two should be on the team anymore. No, is it because oh, you know Saboka, what? Larson, Garrison, they're cute. Like, why? They're cute, and the girls on Twitter love them. That's probably that. That's probably one of the reasons. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I, they don't need. To There's be here no anymore. reason for it. There's no reason. And anymore. there are RFAs. What if they qualify and they could very well be back here for two more years? Who knows? <laughs> The, the, the team is not doing making a good enough effort to surround Jack Eichel with guys like himself. We were talking about this yesterday too. You know what the Sabers need? We need two more Jack Eichels. It's it, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough to admit that. Okay, it's tough to admit that. But Jack Eichel is not a transcendent talent that's going to turn the team around on his own. We need two more of him. We have one on defense that's taken care of. We need two more offensive Jack Eichels. It's it's just the bottom line. Yeah. People, people, it's simple as that. This team is not going to be good till we get two more guys that are the caliber of Jack Eichel. It's that's what's happening around the league now. The Colorado Avalanche are competing for a playoff spot. They're going to have Nate McKinnon. They yeah. have Miko Rantanen. They have Landis Cogs, a very good top. How six much forward. better is and Jack- they're going to have Jack Hughes, Capo mm-hmm. Caco, Vasily Podkolt, one of those guys too. Let's face it. How much better is Jack Eichel than Gabriel Landeskog? If you think he's that much better, you're living in a bubble. You're living in a bubble. I'm so- What? What? What's the face for? Eichel's a much better player than Landeskog. That might be a stretch, but like Rantanen. But comparing Rantanen, it, like is Eichel that caliber. much better than Miko Rantanen, Mitch Marner, he's Barzell, no. these guys? Like, he's a fantastic player. He's the face of the franchise, but... They need more. And guys guess what? Like that. If you put just Marner on this team, too, we're in the same spot. Exactly. You need more Jack Eichels, and it's 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 tough to face that because we want to think, oh, we have this one guy. If only we could just blame you know one person. If only we could just blame the GM. But no, you you need more guys. Mm-hmm. You need more guys. And I could go on. I I love going on and on about this because like you can still. You can get better than Jack Eichel, honestly. You could get better players than Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel is... They might is, get one this year, Jack Hughes. He is a highly elite player. He's an incredible player. Yes. But I don't know if he's... He's not the franchise guy. It's, it, For this team, it doesn't work 100%. that way. Look at the Winnipeg Jets. How many Jack Eichels do they have? Shifley, Line, Connor, Ehlers. All on that level. Right? Wheeler. Yeah. That's Blake Wheeler. I didn't want to say him because his age, but Blake Wheeler, sure. 68 assists this year. That, that is what we have to strive to be, folks. We can't, like, it's far away, all right? It's going to take a long time. I'm not convinced they're going to be good next year. No! We might be talking about Lexi Lafreniere next year. Bring it on. I will do it. Like, because you know I'm a patient guy. I'm a very patient guy. Mm-hmm. I'm. I've been researching the draft since n- October. I've been looking at these guys. Next year's draft's really good. I'm not saying they should tank or anything, but they're gonna get a really good player next year if they're bad again. And I, they might be bad again. What's What's it gonna take for this team to make the playoffs next year? What's it gonna take? Um, ten game winning streak aside. Here's no what it will take. Casey Middlestat turns into an eighty point scorer. Um, Alex Nylander Becomes gets 50 a 20 points. Goal yeah. Yep. Uh, Thompson gets 10, 15 goals. Rasmus Ristolainen fixes his act. Or he is traded for a top six forward. Goaltending. Yeah. Goaltending and goaltending. 
that's three reasons right there. That'll account for three reasons. That's a much bigger issue than anyone cares to admit. Mm-hmm. And coaching. Coaching, yeah. Among other things, too. And don't forget, other teams are going to try and get better, too. Yes. The teams behind them are going to try and get better. The teams in front of them are still going to try and get better. Mm-hmm. I don't see them unseating Tampa, Toronto, or Boston next year. Absolutely not. No. No matter what they do. Because those teams even aren't if they getting any worse. Everything we just said, they're not unseating those three teams. No. They're still a wild-card team for at least the next two years, even you can't, if they make it. You can't become the Boston Bruins in one offseason. You can't. You can't do it. You can't get to where the Carolina Hurricanes are in one offseason. Yeah, because it took them like seven offseasons to do it. And look who they have. Mm-hmm. They have great players, too. They have a couple Jack Eichels as well. I mean, I don't know. See, we're in that bubble. We're in that Buffalo bubble where we think just because it's Jack Eichel, there's nobody that could possibly be close to him. There are incredible playmakers in this league. And everyone's going to think I hate Jack Eichel when you know this. I'm the biggest Jack Eichel fan there is. I have posters on my wall. I collect his hockey cards. I collect his, his collectible figurines. I'm not bashing Jack Eichel. I'm just saying the organization needs to find players who are at his caliber because they're out there. Do they have anyone close to Eichel? Like, look at all these teams no. that are got, have multiple guys that are near or at Jack Eichel's level or even above. How, like, Toronto's got Marner, Matthews. Rasmus Dallin is the only player. Yeah, but he's a defenseman. And he's a defenseman. Colorado, they're still a bad team. They have McKinnon, Rantanen. Uh, and they're going to have possibly Jack Hughes or Capococco. Mm-hmm. Boston's got Marchand and Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Tampa, they got like... Pasternick. Yeah. Don't forget him. Whatever. I mean, I don't see it. I know we're probably just being extremely negative or whatever. You know, say what you I want. I think it's but being realistic. It, it's a realistic outlook. I, for one, I'm calling it how it is. I'm yeah. calling it how I see I it. I think it's a realistic outlook. Like, what? what is there to be positive about? What What would be the positive spin? What? Well, honest to God, what is the positive spin here? What do you mean being negative? There's nothing to be positive about. Exactly. What is the positive thing? The goaltending sucks. The defense sucks. The bottom six sucks. There's nothing to be positive about. We're being real. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe they'll win the lottery. Maybe. That's, that's positivity, sure. Depending <sighs> on how you look at it. Depending on what side of the fence you're on. Yeah. Should we just end there? I, I feel like that's a good spot to end. I'll answer some of these other questions Yeah. on the Instagram we'll later. On there. But We've gone yeah, an hour and 14 minutes. All right. You know what? I, I, a few parting thoughts. I've been reading uh, Curtis Joseph's book. Good book. Very good book. I bought it. I, I got, I'm not... I'm I'm on a big reading kick with uh like hockey autobiographies lately. I have a Don Cherry book that I haven't um finished cuz it's just I I I can't follow along. It's just, it's Don Cherry. Can Don um, Cherry even write? And I do can't you speak. do you ever buy the hockey news sometimes? Sometimes they have this just dingus of a new owner with Rouston Media. And he has this little column at the start of every magazine, just pretty much just hyping himself up. Like, look how great I am. Look at all these changes I'm making in the magazine. Like, look at this paper that we're printed on now. I add, This is literally one of his columns, okay? Uh, I he, he, he is bragging about putting the 
on the cover again. So it's not just hockey news, it's the hockey news. He was bragging about putting the on the cover again, like it was in the 50s. Like, good for you! What are you... I don't want to read your digital crap. I'm not and I'm not subscribing to your $25 thing, okay? I'm buying individual issues because it's more satisfying to me. Leave me alone. Stop tooting your own horn. If there's any other hockey news readers out there, they'll understand what I'm talking about. But There's nine games left. There's nine games in the hockey season. 71 points. The playoffs are coming up. We were talking about how they could possibly get to 80. Probably not. No. But... Nine games left. You got Montreal, New Jersey, Ottawa, Detroit, Islanders, Blue Jackets, Predators, and Detroit again. Mm-hmm. Do they get to eighty points? No, no, no. It's a pretty light schedule. Every team is five of those are winnable games. The Leafs have been getting dominated by everybody lately, and then we proceed to get dominated. And they by almost the beat them. It was close. Yesterday was a good game. I thought we played a good game. Actually, I don't know. I think they sucked, but. Whatever. They it couldn't was, get out of their own head. Maybe it was more entertaining because of the crowd to me. Maybe that was skewing. Jack Eichel was getting, uh, I forgot to mention this, Eichel was getting booed in Buffalo by Leaf fans, and it was audible. You could hear it on the TV. It's embarrassing. That's disgusting. And we're, we're just going to end off on there. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, JoeTCBNHL, LukeTCB, uh, The Charging Buff. We'll be back next week. Uh, L-V-K-E, that is. Yes. So... Yeah, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your feedback. Subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave us a review if you would be so kind. We'll be back next week. Uh, Maybe a draft preview. Whatever. I mean, I can't take this anymore. So, okay. Goodbye.